Welcome to Sharing the Victory, the weekly radio program from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Your host for the next 30 minutes is University of Nebraska assistant football coach Ron Brown. Ron's guests today include Orlando Magic Vice President Pat Williams. When you are yielded and just turn your life over to the Lord, um, He's going to use you, and He's going to do things with you if you're available to Him that you can't even imagine. And TCU baseball coach Jim Schlossnagel. The ultimate goal beyond the field is to help develop these young men for life after baseball and life after college, and you know, in my, in my small part in it, try to be a light of Christ. Plus, Texas Rangers center fielder Josh Hamilton shares his remarkable story of victory over drug addiction. You know, all I can do is give glory to God for keeping me alive, keeping me out of jail, and Him allowing me to keep the skills that He gave me to play this game. Now here's Ron Brown standing by with his first guest. One of the all-time great executives in NBA history is Pat Williams. He's the senior vice president of the Orlando Magic in the NBA. Pat, welcome to our show. Thanks, Ron. Nice to catch up with you, and I appreciate the call. Well, Pat, you know, there's no question, you know, you've got all kinds of accomplishments and et cetera. Uh, you know, you've spearheaded uh, the movement to bring a professional basketball team to Orlando. You have, uh, uh, you've traded for Pete Maravich and for Julius Irvin, Moses Malone, Penny Hardaway, uh, the draft lotteries, the list goes on and on. All of that said, Pat, what has been the motivating factor in your life, not only with that, but for that which you deem is most important? Well, I, I grew up in a sports-minded home run. I, my dad was a coach in Wilmington, Delaware, and I was a goal setter. He took me to my first Major League Baseball game 61 years ago this June, mm. and I fell in love with the sights and the sound and the smell of baseball and the color of baseball, and I set goals for myself as a youngster starting right then as a 7-year-old. And Through school, I, I was able to play ball, play sports, went to Wake Forest on a baseball scholarship, and then signed with the Phillies when I finished college, played two years in their minor league system, setting goals, trying to reach them. Then I got into the front office end of baseball and ran the Phillies minor league team in Spartanburg, South Carolina for four years. Every award, every success that could come to a young executive was coming my way. And I thought that that would really fulfill me and satisfy me, that that would uh, really give me a sense of purpose and direction in life. And I was very frustrated because... With all these great successes, there was still an emptiness. Hmm. Uh, There was a void in my life, and I did not know how to fill it. I tried just about everything. And and then through a number of circumstances and the people who came through my life, and uh, at the right time, in the right place, I can see now the Lord's timing on it. Hmm. Uh, I was was presented with the claims of Christ, and uh, I was still 27, a few months shy of my 28th birthday when I finally made that decision. It was a wrestling match for me because I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I didn't know where I, where I was going to lead. I loved my life in sports, and I was nervous that I'd end up in the middle of Africa as a missionary and, you know, under a thatched roof hut. Nothing wrong with that. We God certainly has his people everywhere. But mm-hmm. I, I really, really struggle with those issues. But I finally made the decision, and it was a life-changing experience for me. I had that void filled. I, I had a dramatic conversion experience. That suddenly gave me a peace of mind that I didn't have before, and it also gave me a sense of purpose, and I could see then uh, why God had led me the way he did through through this path into the sports world. And, hmm. and for, the low these last 
40 years or so, you know, this is where he's kept me. Well, Pat, uh, you know, that's, that is a great testimony, but let's just track back, if you would, in the mid-20s. Here you are on this fast track as the world would define success to be. There's a lot of guys out there who are on this fast track, or at least think they're on this fast track, not quite knowing what's going to be at the other end, but boy, they're getting a lot of accolades along the way. They're piling up the awards. For you personally, just before you came to Christ, can you think about the kinds of sins? And I'm asking you to be a little bit vulnerable, but just so that our audience can relate, because a lot of them think, well, I'm not in jail. I'm a pretty good guy. But what were the kinds of things that were going on in your life at that time that you knew was clearly out of the will of God? Maybe you didn't know it at the time. You know it now. But that you could just remind our listeners of the danger points that they may be in. I I think probably my biggest struggle, Ron, was my pride, ego, you know, this insatiable desire to to get to the top, to be the very best I could be. And 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 again, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it consumes you, if, if that's all that really matters in your life, that's an empty way to live. And even though we, we may be in church every day and have a wonderful, clean lifestyle, uh, we all have sinned. And, right. we're, we, we, and, and our good works, we can't work our way to heaven. Right. All our good works are like filthy rags, we're told, in the book of Isaiah. And so mm. we just have to come face-to-face with that stark reality that we have fallen short of the mark. But God yet will forgive us, and he'll give us a fresh start. And, and through the death of Christ and the resurrection of the Lord, mm. you know, we can have a relationship with God. He won't promise us a trouble-free life, Ron. I, can, I think it's important when you're talking to people that they understand that, that mm. you know, we're not exempt from problems and temptations and failures and setbacks and heartaches. But right. uh, what I've learned through the tough times is that God is that right there with you, and he helps you get through it. Even in the middle of the storm, there's a peace that really you can't explain. Mm, I praise the Lord for a clean slate, Pat, and I know you do too. And, you know, with that clean slate, you just uh, started to to move out into a world that began to expand the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? You went around the world to bring the world to you in your home because you and your wife, Ruth, are the parents of 19 children, including 14 from four different nations, ranging from the ages of now 18 to 32. Was that a flesh out of your relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once I came to the Lord, I I basically said to him, I'm yours. You do with me what you want to do. If we knew in advance, Ron, what's going to happen with our life and Hmm. and what he would do in our lives, we we, we couldn't handle it. I find when when you are yielded and just turn your life over to the Lord, um, he's going to use you, and he's going to do things with you if you're available to him that you can't even imagine. Hmm. And in many ways, it's a, you can say it's a grand adventure. It's a scary way to live. It's you're you're out on the edge of the of the uh, tightrope, you know. <laughs> and, right. But I I think it's the way he wants us to go through this life and and then go skidding into heaven. Just skid in there. <laughs> That's a great. All, all used up. Hey. I mean, just totally drained and nothing left in the tank, and you just skid across the line into heaven. Well, Pat, you you are, as usual, inspiring to many of us today, and thanks for being on Sharing the Victory today as our champion of faith. We're talking with Senior Vice President of the NBA's Orlando Magic, Pat Williams, and he's been our guest today on Sharing the Victory. Pat, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Ron. Great to be with you, sir. Coming up next is the amazing story of Josh Hamilton of the Texas Rangers. You'll hear about his victory over drug addiction when sharing the victory continues. 
The work of FCA can be summed up in four words, coaches, campus, camp, and community. The four C's are vital in fulfilling FCA's vision of seeing the world impacted for Jesus Christ through the influence of athletes and coaches. There's FCA staff in your area ready to partner with you in seeing this vision through. To find out how you can get involved with FCA in your community, go to fca.org. That's fca.org or call 1-866-STV-5031. Sharing the Victory is more than just a radio program or magazine. Sharing the Victory is available 24 hours a day at sharingthevictory.com. At sharingthevictory.com, you can click on radio and listen to the program online or subscribe to the podcast. There's also articles, testimonies from athletes and coaches, and a place for you to submit story ideas. You can also download Sharing the Victory wallpaper for your computer. Check us out online at sharingthevictory.com. That's sharingthevictory.com. Welcome back to Sharing the Victory. I'm Ron Brown. In our segment, FCA Across America, we are featuring outfielder Josh Hamilton in his first year with the Texas Rangers after playing last season with the Cincinnati Reds. Josh was the first overall pick in the 1999 draft, but he never reached his full potential because of injuries and drug problems. Because of his drug addiction, Josh's life spiraled out of control, and he was suspended by Major League Baseball. But that's not the end of the story. Josh had an opportunity to share his life story at the 2007 FCA Fall Banquet in Raleigh, North Carolina. Josh told his story to Eastern North Carolina FCA Director Johnny Evans. Here's Josh Hamilton's inspiring story. 2005, October, I showed up at my grandma's door. Me and Katie were actually married for a year, separated for three months of that, and it was really bad on my end. And, and over that... I showed up at my grandmother's house, and I weighed 230 pounds, and I weighed 180 pounds when I showed up at her house. About the first week, I used a couple times at her house, and the second time I did, she, she confronted me. And um, for some reason, God opened my ears and let me listen this time and let it get to my heart because I'd been told so many times by my parents or by people who loved me or people who uh, know me my entire life that it was hurting them and it was killing me and they didn't know what to do and you know just knew me as a person wanted to see me do well and knew I could do well and for some reason God allowed my ears to open and allowed my heart to open and that was the last time I used drugs it's been uh, two years ago now so And I know that's about the time I first met you, and and I know your attitude was so humble, and you took the approach of, you know, I don't care really whether I ever get back to baseball. I've got to live my life. I've got to make sure that I stay off this stuff and I commit my life to Christ. And you did that, but then the Lord gave you an over and abundant blessing. Can you remember the phone call? What, What was it like when they called back and the commissioner said, we're going to give you another, I guess, a provisional chance back. Or yeah, I mean, I, I, I was with Katie, and uh, I, you know, I just remember breaking down and crying when I got that call. I mean, I didn't realize I totally forgot about baseball. You know, baseball wasn't a thought in my mind, and I broke down and started crying. And she started crying, and next day I was on a plane to Florida, and and I was supposed to stay clean an entire year, and I was clean for six months when I got reinstated, and you know, then guys working you know, all the time behind the scenes. And um, I got picked up in a Rule 5 draft by the Reds, never been in the major leagues before. And all this is happening within a year of each other. And, uh, of course, I got my wife back. I was separated for three months with her and my kids. And, you know, just that relationship healed. And, 
You know, it's just amazing. And, and I want to share this, this, this quick story about when Katie, when I was out using, she told me that she had been praying about it and God had really laid it on her heart that I was going to be allowed to get back to baseball. And I was like, whatever. You know, I was doing what I was doing and didn't really care what she had to say. But I remember that. And she said, no, he's going to let you get back to baseball, but not for baseball, but to let people know so you can share how he's brought you through and what he's brought you through. And that's more than anything what I've done this year is spreading that word. It's just been the most amazing part of the year. Well, we'll talk about that. I mean, I'm sure there's been some negative taunt and some probably funny things if you keep your sense of humor, but some very ugly things. But for the most part, tell us about the platform that God has given you now, and, and, and can you share how he has been able to use some of the terrible things that you've been through to help other people? Well, it's been, I mean, it's spring training. You know, when I went down there and was tearing it up in spring training, and all the reporters said, you know, how, how can you be doing this? You know, you've been out of baseball four years. I said, it's a God thing. They said, what do you mean? I said, I can't explain it. It's a God thing. You know, I'm here. Um, I haven't been practicing, you know, all I can do is give glory to God for that, uh, for keeping me alive, keeping me out of jail, keeping me from killing somebody else, and him allowing me to keep the skills that he gave me to play this game. There's a bigger calling here than just baseball. And these reporters, you know, you know how reporters are. You know, they, they just can't believe it. And a lot of them wouldn't even write down when I was saying anything at first. But I really love doing live interviews or speaking like this because... They can't edit it. So I can say what I want to, and there it is. It's going through the TV, and people are hearing it. So I love doing that. Wow, what a great story of God's redeeming power and grace. That was Josh Hamilton of the Texas Rangers talking with Eastern North Carolina FCA Area Director Johnny Evans at the 2007 FCA Fall Banquet in Raleigh, North Carolina. We've got more baseball on the way with a head coach at Texas Christian University, Jim Schlossnagel. Keep it right here on Sharing the Victory, FCA's national radio show. FCA is the heart and soul in sports. FCA Camps, a time of inspiration and perspiration for athletes and coaches who want to reach their full potential. The beauty of camps is you see the light bulb go on. Like God doing a transforming work where for the first time, sometimes these athletes actually see an opportunity to worship God on the playing field. It's time to get focused and pursue the prize. Log on to fcacamps.org. That's fcacamps.org. If you like what you're hearing today on Sharing the Victory Radio, then you'll want to read FCA's Sharing the Victory magazine. Published nine times a year, Sharing the Victory magazine is 40 full-color pages featuring in-depth articles on some of America's most popular professional and college athletes and coaches. In Sharing the Victory magazine, you'll also get solid tips on sports nutrition, profiles on outstanding FCA community service projects, and commentaries from Ron Brown. Order your subscription at sharingthevictory.com. That's sharingthevictory.com. And now back to Sharing the Victory with our host, Ron Brown. 
It's baseball time, and we have one of the best college baseball coaches in all of America, Jim Schlossnagel, the head baseball coach at Texas Christian University, here on Sharing the Victory with us. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I know that being a coach, you've been wired up from God from the beginning of time for this, and what does that do to your competitive juices? What do you think about when you think about competition? Where's your mind and heart go? Uh, Well, certainly um, you think about, as a coach, you're trying to, Put your players uh, in the right frame of mind to where they're ready to be successful mm-hmm. um, because they're the ones that are out there throwing the ball, hitting the ball, and catching the ball. Um, for me personally, I just try and in before every game say a, a prayer that will allow me to be a, a light for Christ uh, throughout the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, if we still want to be competitive. We still want to uh, fight uh, within the confines of the rules as, as much as we can, but try and remember that the ultimate goal beyond the field is to help develop these young men for life after baseball and life after college. And, you know, in, in my small part in it, try to be a light of Christ that uh, will provide a good example for them as to how to live their life, both in a competitive environment and uh, and away from the field. You know, Coach, um, I, I think that's a tremendous objective. And, uh, I appreciate you saying that. It's a difficult assignment because, you know, you've recruited very well. You've had among the best recruiting classes in all of America. So a number of your guys have got to be thinking about life beyond Texas Christian. They're thinking about maybe Major League Baseball and that dream one day. And here you are saying, you know, I want these guys to be more than just baseball players. I want them to understand what it means to follow Christ. I want them to see something in my life. So how do you get their attention? off of the baseball world and onto Christ and you and still compete very vigorously in the baseball diamond? Well, I mean, I, I, uh, it, it's hard to do. There's no question because uh, the, the game of baseball, unlike maybe basketball or football, you don't have to be 6'5 and 210 pounds and be the fastest guy to play in the major leagues. You know, a lot of, di- a lot of different things can happen to help you get there. Unfortunately, 98% of the guys drafted never play in the major leagues for any extended period of time. And so it's a fine line. You, you don't want to stomp on their dreams um, because that's a motivating factor that mm. if you can help that, uh, if you can manage it the right way, um, that helps your team because everybody use, uses that as motivation to get better. But ultimately, in little small ways uh, uh, over the course of time, what you try and do is say, hey, you know, even if you were to play in the major leagues and you play to your 30 years old or 35 years old, you still have an entire two-thirds of your life left to live. And, you know, how are you going to do it? And, uh, you know, what are you going to stand for? And, you know, for me, um, I didn't play professional baseball, but I have some assistant coaches that did. And so, you know, we, we try to attack it that way, but more from a daily life basis. How do you conduct yourself on and off the field? What kind of example are you representing to the kids who come watch our games or, or your professor in class? And we feel like if you do the right things every day, daily over the course of time, then that will lead you in the right direction. Talking to Coach Jim Schlossnagel, the head baseball coach at Texas Christian University. has had outstanding teams, one of the great coaches in America. The culture around you, the baseball culture for a manager, is to, you know, uh, adopt certain styles and and to show certain emotions, uh, to kind of get people in the game, fans in the game, and so forth. How do you stay true uh, even with a culture around you wanting to shut down Christ, maybe at the university, or shut down Christ on that baseball diamond, how do you remain true in your expression of Jesus Christ on the field? 
Uh, to me, that's just a reflection of, of who you are off the field. You're, you're not going to be one person on and one person off. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's something that you have to work at and something um, that you have to uh, be conscious of and listen to people's opinions. And I'm certainly, I'm no different than anybody else. I've had my times on the baseball field in competitive environment where I've done things or said things that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be proud of. Mm-hmm. I have a seven-year-old little girl and, you know, if the umpire throws me out of the game, she lets me know about it that, Daddy, you weren't very nice, <laughs> and uh, and so you know. I mean, I think that there's definitely a, you know there, there's a line there that uh, there's nothing wrong with being competitive, and there's nothing wrong with um, inspiring your team and and leading a group of people. But uh, it's how you do it. It's what you say, both before and after, and and during. That is the key, and and it's, it's also helpful when you have guys like Tony Dungy or Tommy Bowden. Uh, you know, those guys are in the football world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that proved that you know you can be a man of God, be incredibly competitive, but do it the right way. And and so those guys are great examples. Tommy Bowden's a very close friend of mine from Clemson. We worked together at Tulane, and and so guys like that are are great role models and examples. Mm. Coach, I love what you said about who you are off the field is who you're going to be on the field. At some point, you can try to be different, but really, the true colors are going to come out in the in the moment of heat. Great answer. Well, and that's well, the kids see it. Yeah, exactly. The kids the kids read right through that, and they, you know, the fans may come to the games and see who you are during the games, but the players see it on a daily basis. You know, we, we play 56 games during the regular season. Well, well we may practice three times as much as that. So it's to me it's more the the daily grind of practice or strength conditioning workouts or you know individual meetings interaction with them helping them when they're going through, you know, life's problems that you have when you're 18 to 22 and getting in trouble off the field or or having a family issue uh and that you know that's where you can make the greatest impact and where you to me you're going to be the biggest example coach uh you're at a mission field there is what you're saying texas christian or university of texas or wherever you're at it's a mission field for the lord jesus christ and you certainly are are, are doing that as the uh head baseball coach at texas christian university we've been talking to jim schlossnagel coach thanks for being on the show with us today great insight well thanks for having me i've really enjoyed it god bless you the rest of the season coach thank you take care we would love to send you an email devotional called the daily impact play it will encourage your walk in the lord on a daily basis it's free and we'll email it to you every weekday sign up at sharingthevictory.com slash radio Coach's Corner with FCA President Les Steckel is next when Sharing the Victory returns. For working out or going to the game, for every occasion, FCA has clothing that feels comfortable and also allows you to honor God when you wear it. Whether you're male or female, an athlete, coach, parent, or fan, you want to show you support the heart and soul in sports. And of course, Bible devotionals, worship CDs, and posters are also always available. To order online, go to fca.org and click on FCA Gear. Again, go to fca.org and click on FCA Gear. Okay, here he comes. Congratulations, you're the star of the game. You came off the bench to lead your team to an amazing comeback. What do you have to say? Uh, uh, um, hi, Mom. A tribute to mothers with Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow and his mother Pam Tebow. This weekend on Sharing the Victory. Hi, Ron Brown welcoming you back to Sharing the Victory. 
It's now time to check in with former NFL coach and current FCA president, Les Steckler. For the past two weeks, we've been discussing a terrific book for every man in America to read. The title is Halftime, Changing Your Game Plan from Success to Significance. The author is Bob Buford, and he and his book have had a real effect in how I and many thousands of others have considered what is most important in their lives when they reach midlife. As a coach, I have written many game plans to prepare for our football opponents. As a military officer, I was trained to develop battle plans that would protect my fellow Marines and secure our objectives. And now, as the president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, it is my privilege to guide and direct the implementation of our ministry's strategic plans. In whatever career field you're in, it's very likely that you've participated in the creation or refinement of a business plan or strategic plan at your workplace. But... Have you ever thought of writing up your own personal strategic plan? That's what the author of Halftime, Bob Buford, recommends for anyone assessing his or her second half of life. To help you understand what you would want your life to look like, Buford suggests considering the image of a box. If you were to box up what you consider to be the most important values of your life, what would your box contain? Do some real honest soul-searching here. What would be in your box? Would it be money, family, prestige, career, sports, freedom, or might it be Christ? As Christians, we would probably agree that Christ should be foremost in our box. If we had to put only one thing in our box, it would likely be Jesus. But putting Jesus in your box really means the walls of your box will split apart if, as Buford points out, you allow the grace and power of his life to invade every aspect of your own life. If we want the second half of our life to be one of collecting trophies and material items, they'll always probably fit in your box. But if we want our life to be one of real significance, our box cannot even begin to contain what the Lord will do with us. And don't worry that if you put Jesus in your box, that your loyalties to your family and your career will in any way be diminished, for the Lord will rather make them even stronger when your life is truly centered in Christ. We hope you'll enter your spiritual locker room and reflect, reevaluate, and become refueled to finish strong and be victorious in your second half of life. Godspeed. I know you all know what time it is next Sunday, don't you? It's Mother's Day. You better not forget that. I tell you what, I miss my mom. She went to the Lord Jesus Christ back in 1991. She's probably looking down from heaven now saying, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't my boy. Mm, I don't know that guy. (laughs) Anyhow, I really miss my mother. And for those of you who still have your moms here, you got to make it a special day for her. Speaking of special, we're going to have a very special show dedicated to mothers next week. I'll visit with Pam Tebow, the mother of Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow, who has some very interesting insights about her talented young boy. And I will also talk to Tim about his relationship with his mom and the impact that she's had on his life. Remember, there are two ways of doing sports, God's way or man's way. Which will you choose? From all of us here at Sharing the Victory, have a great week in Jesus Christ. We thank you for joining us today and we invite you to check us out on the web, sharingthevictory.com slash radio. You can find out more about host Ron Brown and FCA President Les Steckel. There's also a place to make a comment, 
Ask a question or nominate a player or athlete from your area for one of our features. You can also listen to previous programs online or subscribe to receive the free weekly podcast. Again, the website is sharingthevictory.com slash radio. Thanks for your prayers and support of this ministry. And make sure you're with us next week at the same time for Sharing the Victory. Sharing the Victory is a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. FCA is the heart and soul in sports.